Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 331 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her transformation. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know you love these transformational episodes. This one's definitely going to top them. All right, now hold on now. Before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Smarty Pants Women's Vitamins, the delicious once-a-day gummies that contain all of the essential vitamins, minerals, and omega oils customized just for women. To learn more, hop on over to SmartyPantsVitamins.com. Okay, now here's your first reminder to click on iTunes after this episode, rate and review the show because we love hearing from you. I love your feedback. All right, it's time for Her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about Her. You know, have you ever just met someone in your life that just kind of blows your mind and it makes you sort of step back, take a deep breath, ponder and say, damn, that's a transformation if I've ever heard one. That's like ridiculous resilience. Well, I met such a person. Her name is Leah Schuster Beer. And she is the founder and CEO of Alula the radically honest resource making cancer less lonely. Yeah, well, you know this is going to involve a personal story, and I'm going to let her tell you what that story was and how this entire journey began. So sit back and get ready to absorb a pretty amazing journey that you need to hear about for a lot of reasons because it probably touches your life in ways you didn't even know about yet. So here we go. Leah, welcome to the Her Podcast. Hi, Dr. Peek. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Tell us about Alula. Tell us about your story. How did this whole thing take place? What is the founding story? Of course. Well, I founded Alula uh in the midst of several years of painful R&D from my hospital bed. And my hope with the Lula was that it would make cancer less lonely and easier to live with than what it was for me and my mother. The initial inspiration for Lula was my mother when she was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2016. We were trying to prepare for the after effects of her mastectomy, and we found ourselves shopping for products that we never understood existed. We've never been consumers before. And this was things that the oncologist that we were working with didn't give us any guidance for. Uh, this was a, a special pillow to hold between her breast and the seatbelt on her way home from her mastectomy. This included a robe with drainage packets that would allow her to have some comfort as she was experiencing the painful weeks of lymphatic drainage after her mastectomy. And at the time, you know, we just thought this is probably we're not looking in the right places or there's got to be a different way. But perhaps things were happening so quickly that we just it was sort of our fault that we didn't know what brands were out there, what products that we would buy. And we didn't even know the, the timeline at which she would desperately need them. My mom would constantly look at me and 
on the couch in these late nights when we would be prepping for her, you know, five different lumpectomies and two different types of mastectomies, the latter, which had a reconstruction process. And she would say, Leah, I'm not the first woman in America to have breast cancer. Why is this so hard? And I, I, I would sort of be speechless and just sort of coo her that, you know, we're going to get through this and, and hopefully we never have to deal with it again. Unfortunately, about four months after my mom was finally in remission in November, my mom was declared in remission in November of 2017. Sorry, actually, two, just two months later in January 2018, I myself became a cancer patient. I was diagnosed with a rare form of non-Hodgkin lymphoma in my primary mediastinum. They found an 8 by 10 centimeter tumor in the middle of my chest. And just like my mom, my world turned inside out within a moment's notice. I was diagnosed on a Thursday. The following uh, day, I had a, I was scheduled for a biopsy. The following Thursday, I had already flown home to Memorial Sloan Kettering and saw the oncologist who would start my treatment. The following evening, I started um, emergency IVF, and I started injections for that. They rushed me through a 10-day IVF process. And on February 5th, just three weeks after my diagnosis, I started six cycles of uh, a combined immuno, in, immuno and chemotherapy called REPOC. And very quickly, just like my mom, I found myself shopping for products I never wanted to be a, a consumer for. I was suddenly trying to understand how to wash my hair to avoid the sudden fallout from all the chemo. I was trying to shop for a wig. I was trying to understand my sudden hot flashes. I was trying to understand how to quell the most ridiculous nausea that the word nausea does not begin to encapsulate. Same with constipation. Chemo constipation deserves a new name. And I was mixing, you know, prescriptions for my doctor with homeopathic remedies that I was reading about online with literally anything that I would walk into a CVS and try. And I, again, had my mom's question now in my head, why isn't there an easier way to do this? And so after about five cycles of our epoch, I was unfortunately had to do the remainder of my outpatient treatment in the hospital. So for my fifth and sixth cycle of, of my first uh, time with cancer, I had to be hospitalized to receive the chemo because my side effects were so bad. I was unable to to expand to breathe and expand my rib cage without pain. And so I was having we didn't know it at the time, but I was having an allergic reaction to rituximab, the heralded immunotherapy that I was lucky to have receptor cells for. But it was landing me in the hospital. And when I was finally inpatient, I also saw all of the logistical hurdles of my family trying to get there in time and be there with me and help me with my laundry and my nutrition and all of these things. And that's when I hatched the concept for Alula. I started working on it in the hospital bed in 2018. Unfortunately, my cancer came back just four months after I finished treatment in December of 2018. And I decided when my cancer came back and my odds of survival became even lower, I decided that I had to start building Lula even faster, and I wanted to try to see um, a smaller version of it. Um, I didn't know that at the time, but the night before, I went in for the beginning of my second-line therapy, where I'd have to be hospitalized for days at a time to receive um, much more aggressive chemotherapy and immunotherapy. 
I sent out an email that was a hacked version of Alula because Alula didn't exist yet. I put together a registry, all the products and services that I learned I needed the first time that I had cancer. This included gift cards for Ubers to transfer to treatment. This included the grocery list that if my friends were walking by the Trader Joe's near my apartment, I wanted them to purchase. This included medical grade hot packs, medical grade masks, medical grade PPE that I was I was going to need because I was soon to become a bone marrow transplant patient. And this also included a treatment calendar where I color coded a Google sheet of the next 17 weeks of my life because I was honestly didn't have the energy to organize the incoming texts and emails and phone calls when I was battling chemo fog and depression and anxiety and, and pure weakness. Um, and I pressed send and I got into a cab to MSK and I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, okay, you know, my loving friends and family wanted to know how they can help. I really didn't want to get the pink blankets and socks and motivational socks and chocolates and wine that I, I couldn't use uh, from last time. And so I thought maybe this would nudge people in the right direction. What I never anticipated was that it ended up unlocking $30,000 worth of the very products and the very services that I desperately needed to get through treatment a second time. And it also unlocked the psychosocial support from my love army in the way that I needed it. People were accessing my treatment calendar and seeing where I was in treatment. Did I have a radiation session that day? Was I neutropenic, which meant that I had zero white blood cells and that nobody could visit me and I'm probably feeling extra lonely? Um, was I sort of on an off week of recovery and maybe we could plan a, a walk in the park? And when I saw how this super hacky method of telling people what I needed and how that was driving my own patient outcomes, when I saw that come to life the second time that I was battling cancer, I thought, gosh, if I'm lucky to live, I have to go build this. So I, um, I wrapped up my chemo in January 2019. I wrapped up my radiation in February of 2019. I went in for my uh, autologous stem cell transplant on March 5th of 2019. I had a 100-day bubble girl quarantine, which now many of us know what that feels like. And that summer, I started to get to work. I convinced my loving husband to help me bootstrap the beginning of Alula with our, our daycare savings, um, our childcare savings. Um, I, at that point, was in medically induced menopause a second time from the bone marrow transplant. And even though we were fortunate to preserve embryos and eggs, I wasn't sure if I was even going to make it to use them, candidly. And so I got to work um, initially on nights and weekends in my previous job. And then by December of 2019, I thought, gosh, I really have to dedicate my life to this. And so I quit my job. And in 2020, I went out to raise some capital. I raised a little over $2 million from a variety of investors, including being the first investment in Chelsea Clinton's new venture fund, uh, investing at the intersection of consumer education and healthcare. And I've spent the last year and a half building this beautiful product. Okay, I'm exhausted. Excuse me, I'm just wiping sweat off my, my forehead. Just listening to this once again, it is absolutely incredible, this story that you just told. And, and you know, I know that our listeners out there have to say, where do you find the strength and the resilience? 
Um, because, you know, you've got your mother going through her thing, and that was an eye-opener. And then here you were, what were you, 30 years old when all this hit? Yep, I got diagnosed on the cusp of my 30th birthday. I was 29, and suddenly, you know, like like many people, you, when you, you're about to turn 30, you sort of have grand plans for what your newest and greatest decade is going to look like. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that I would be on the cusp of dying multiple times. You know, I think it's it's that proximity to death that has um, aided in my personal transformation in the way I live life and the way I've designed my life, as well as the cherishment of every day. I will admit, I think the hardest piece for me about running a venture-backed startup that, you know, is expected to have a big liquidity event in the next eight to 10 years, whether I sell the company or if I'm fortunate to IPO the business, is that I don't, I literally don't know if I will live that long. Most patients with my diagnosis, maybe 75% of them make it to five years. And so I try to ignore those curves, knowing that um, we have a lot of brilliant scientists around the world diligently working on advancing the cure. And most of my treatment was actually discovered and innovated in the last five to 10 years. And so I'm, I'm extremely hopeful that, God forbid, I, I relapse once more. I will be able to benefit from that. But um, that keeps me going. I feel the fragility of life very deeply. And I think this year has sort of been a third version of that. Um, my husband is a cardiologist in a New York City-based hospital. And when um, COVID started in 2020, he um, was on the front lines of that. And because I was only one year out post my stem cell transplant, I had to move out. We couldn't live together. I was lacking the typical pneumonia vaccine that everyone else had. And more than that, I um, and it was extremely, extremely immunocompromised. And I think that was sort of our third blow. And then this year, my father, both my parents got COVID in February, and my father was hospitalized for two weeks in February. And so I think it's this sort of, I don't know how else to say it, proximity to dying that helps me live. And that continues to tweak how I crystallize what I want life to look like while I'm lucky to be here. And it helps me find joy and it helps me orient my priorities, orient where I want my energy to go. That's amazing. I mean, I want everyone out there to just really listen up on that lesson. This is transforming adversity into opportunity in a major way. But what's really interesting is we're talking about things that people oftentimes either don't want to talk about or really don't know how to talk about. You know, the mortality, our own mortality, um, gives a sense of urgency and priority to things in our life. You said it beautifully, Leah, um, in your own words of wisdom. And, you know, suddenly it's like, you know, get all this other refuse out of the way and get out of my way unless you're here to help support my cause and my meaning and my purpose. And so it gives you that little driving fuel, you know, in more ways uh, than you'll ever know. And so, wow, digging deep. 
that's that's the that's one of the huge lessons here. I'm curious when you named the company, where did you get that name? What's the meaning behind this? Yeah, I love I love that story. Um, so my best friend from college, when she graduated, she was working at a naming agency here in New York City. And when I was kicking around Alula, I knew that I wanted a really different name than a lot of the cancer organizations out there. I felt that a lot of them had this sort of antagonistic position against cancer that was really focusing on the fight muscle, fighting cancer, beating cancer, getting rid of cancer, talking about how negative cancer is. And having now lost several friends to cancer who started this journey with me, I felt that that position didn't honor the guilt that patients feel the entire time, the anxiety of what are you going to win your battle with cancer? And what about those who unfortunately don't make it? How do we honor their journey? And so I wanted to pick a name that captured just the total turbulence of what I was describing in my founding story, how lonely you feel, how lost you feel, how suddenly the world around you is unrecognizable. Your body is unrecognizable. Your relationships aren't recognizable. You feel like not only are you terrified that something, a potentially fatal disease might win, but you're also trying to maximize the time you do have and you have no clue how much you have. And so I I share this with, with my friend and she got me in touch with her former boss and they offered, I at that time had, had no funding. (laughs) And so they offered to sort of start to workshop the name for the business in their Tuesday night whiskey hours. And um, I sort of thought, Oh my gosh, that's so sweet and generous. Of course. And they came back to me with, gosh, like a hundred names that came out of their brainstorm over whiskey. And there was this one name, Alula with an asterisk and it defined it at the bottom. And I'd never heard this name before. And I didn't know its definition. What stunned me was that Alula is the, the, the mechanical part of a bird's wing that aids in flight maintenance, flight navigation, and flight landing during turbulent air. And when I saw that, I was like, yes, that is exactly how I would encapsulate what these last five years have been like for me. And so that's how I came up with the name Alula. Oh my God. That's just amazing. Um, you should have like a little bird next to it or something, um, you know, just sort of flying along in, in, in turbulent air because I mean, what a metaphor. That's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. All right. So now we answered that question. So if I were now, um, to go to Alula, mm-hmm. all right. What do I find? What what's on the platform? Help us understand what you actually offer. Absolutely. So, oh, as you mentioned, Alula is a radically honest resource that uh, creates a digital support system for patients outside the hospital room, and we do this in three ways. The first is we've launched a premier marketplace and onco registry that is patient informed and onco blessed. So what we've done is we've created a shop, which is driven by the modalities of treatment that patients go through, as well as essentials, regardless of treatment. And we've partnered with 
a myriad of brands, including becoming the first direct-to-consumer partner for McKesson MedSurge. McKesson is one of the leading suppliers of all of the medical supplies and oncoclinics across the country. And they've chosen Alula as their first partner to really be able to ship these products, which patients need at home as well as in the hospital room, to 48 states within 48 hours, which, as you've heard in my story, what we know from cancer is that some, your, your life flips inside out in a minute. And what we've done with our marketplace is made these products accessible to patients across the country and to be fulfilled in their home with, you know, in a time frame that makes sense for, for you kicking off treatment. We've also built out this recovery registry, taking the inspired by the hack of the email that I sent that night before I went in for my second round of treatment. Um, this empowers supportive friends and family to contribute gifts that actually help in the healing process, just the way that you would build a wedding registry or a new baby registry. And of course, happier moments in your life. I really wanted to build a technology that helped you activate your loving friends and family in ways that boosted your own patient outcomes. And so that you can find our recovery registry on Alula as well. And then we have a myriad of digital tools and resources that help cancer patients powerfully organize their support. We have a feature called Finding the Words, uh, which helps you write the hardest email you've ever had to write, announcing that you have cancer. We are building out Finding the Words to help uh, caregivers and supporters find the words of how to talk about cancer. As you were saying, these are the conversations we are all dreading to have, and we want to find a way to help patients do that with our technology. We've also built our care calendar, which lives in a shareable profile. Uh, it helps you manage your entire lifestyle with cancer, not just um, translating your appointments from different providers in a singular spot, but also helping block and tackle all of the different errands and logistical help that you need with your patient. This can include running to the grocery store, babysitting your children, booking a date with you to Netflix and chill, what have you. And the last piece on our site is finding the truth. We've built a storytelling library called Humans of Cancer, which executes our radically honest content. We are taking on the topics that you're not necessarily talking about with your oncologist in your visit. These are topics around divorce, around infertility, around reduced sexual appetite, around navigating the workplace. This is the reality of how does, you know, the tornado of cancer wreck your, your life house and how can you find solace in the reality that you're not alone and in other people's stories. And so this combination of our marketplace, our recovery registry, our care calendar, our finding the words template, and our humans of cancer library, these are our foundational tools. We are that's at work, working with our care collective, which is our community of patients, caregivers, and survivors that are helping us continue to build out the marketplace and build out each of these features. And we are also hard at work standing up strategic partnerships with oncology centers across the country so that the moment that a patient um, receives the, the dreaded words, you have cancer, they have a radically honest place that could digitally accompany them along the way. I just love the words radically honest. It's it's like it it, it shakes you up and it, and it says 
why do you have to say radically honest? Yeah. Well, I got an answer. No, nobody wants to talk about it. Mm. And, and everyone dances around. You know, I came from old school medicine and, you know, transforming and transitioning into new school medicine, as it were. Mm -hmm. And we all know that there are, you know, serious gaps and whatever. I actually came from a world where it was okay not to tell the patient the truth. You know, it wasn't okay. Well, you know, we don't want them to, you know, get too upset. What? You know, I never fell for that. So I was constantly getting in trouble. Um, you know, I am a rebel and you know that by now, Leah. Um, and so I would just go tell them the truth. <laughs> and you know what I got? Every freaking time, right? They thanked me. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I need that. You know, yeah. don't be dancing around things. So I love the radically honest resource part. The other part I really love is that, have you ever just felt stupid? You know, when someone gets a diagnosis like this and you're gonna send them flowers, mm -hmm. why don't you could just go to your registry mm -hmm. and, and just grab whatever, you know, I mean, depending upon the kind of condition they have, et cetera, grab whatever they need because you bring up an incredibly important point. People are too tired. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, you know, they can't focus on, you know, running to Trader Joe's um, or wherever else. You know, why don't we get them something that, that really is meaningful, more purposeful than watching a bunch of flowers wilt? Um, I mean, flowers yeah. are fine, don't get me wrong, and, you know, hello to all the florists out there. However, you know, people need they need help and um, and they they need someone who kind of, as it were, gets it. And, you know, as far as prognosis is concerned and all the rest of it, uh, I've worked in this field for so many years. Yeah, most of us who are kind of the wise sages of, you know, of, of the medical circle sit back and we smile kind of wryly. And you know what we say? We look at prognosis, statistics, and all the rest of that, and we smile and we say, go ahead, surprise me. Mm -hmm. And every, I'm telling you, it, it just, it's amazing. It's a believe, achieve, succeed. Do you really believe? Do you have something deep inside of you? This isn't getting, you know, uh, earthy, crunchy, you know, Dr. Peaks lost her mind. Come on, I have 30 years of medicine in me. And I'm telling you right now, human beings are pretty amazing. And uh, so, you know, you're one of those people who just charged ahead, you know, grabbed uh, the tiger by the tail and ran with it. Now, in case you all out there on the Her Podcast land were wondering, how the hell is she so smart about business and everything? Well, you know, truth be told, speaking of radical truth, um, when, when Leah was uh, diagnosed, it was six months after graduating from Wharton, for crying out loud, um, where she received her MBA in entrepreneurial management. Um, and she's a proud Dartmouth uh, alum as well. And um, she actually started a career at Goldman Sachs. So you're talking to a smarty pants. God, I hate it when millennials are smart. But anyway, um, there it is. And, you know, so you're taking tremendous um, business assets and skills and putting them to work in a way I bet you never in your wildest dreams ever thought you would. But, you know, thank heavens for your training and your understanding of how to be able to, you know, move that um, 
marker to the next stage in, in this business development. And I, just amazing how all of this really came together in, in such a beautiful way. So, you know, I ha gotta ask you, Leah, what's next? What's next for Alula? I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted as it is, and I'm sure everyone out there is just falling off their collective chairs going, what? You know, you do more in one day than most people can think about in a year. So tell me, tell me some thoughts, visions. Where are you taking this? Well, we just launched the latest version of the product that I just described to you on April 28th. So um, it's been in the market for about six weeks and we've seen tremendous success and we are just swimming at the notes that we are getting from patients across the country, as well as survivors and caregivers across the country who are saying to us, gosh, I wish I had, where was Alula when my father had cancer or where was Alula when my daughter was diagnosed with cancer? And that is what is keeping me going because as you know, building a business from the ground up is really hard. In terms of what's next, we are hard at work at uh, standing up partnerships with a number of advocacy groups, as well as oncology clinical centers, both with academic institutions, as well as at the community level. And our goal is to get Alula to every single patient in the country that gets diagnosed with cancer. Unfortunately, we know that one in four Americans are going to get cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, the number is moving closer to one in three Americans. That's 5,000 people a day that are getting diagnosed with cancer, and our goal is to uh, touch each and every one of them as early in their, I hate the word journey, but experience with cancer as, as possible. And then beyond that, we are also focusing on um, digital health opportunities. So that's in play. I can't, I can't share too much about that, but our goal is to really help patients access ancillary care around their care team from the comfort of their home. And so we're looking into what that looks like for the second half of this year. Um, and, and that's it, quote unquote, for, for the time being. But we're, we're also uh, rapidly growing our team to, to support our growth and we're having fun. We are, um, honestly, this summer, we are also focused on just taking a beat. We've had as a collective society, one of the hardest years in a century. And what we've been focusing on Alula is building a workplace culture that can facilitate my healing because I am still, you know, I just celebrated a little over two years in remission. That's quite fragile. Yay. Thank you. Good for you. Um, and so we've also been having fun experimenting with how can we reinvent work so that we can, my, my dream is that no one that works at Alula ever, ever has to live through what I did. And I believe a lot of that starts with how we manage our work and life. And um, that's been a really fun piece of this journey as well. Oh, my God. Such a beautiful vision. And you know uh, by now that I'm a crazy person about healthy lifestyle. Um, just don't get me started, but I will anyway. Um, and, and, you know, what you're really speaking to when you're saying prevention, especially, um, is, uh, the whole issue of really addressing, uh, the quality of our life on a day by day basis. We spend so much time working 
right? <laughs> Actually, we spend more time working than we do, you know, handling our own domestic uh, and personal life every day when you really get down to it. Um, and what's that about? What's that, what's that whole experience about? What's, what's the experience of that individual as they're uh, trying to take care of themselves? So I'm like a nutcase for, I'm well known for uh, chairing board meetings where I ask everyone to get up every X number of minutes and stretch and, you know, do the sun salutation, walk around, feel free to stand behind your chair uh, and don't be sitting the whole time and blah, blah, blah. And also meditation, huge. Mm -hmm. Is meditation big in your life? It is. That meditation, acupuncture, Reiki healing, I've, um, <laughs> I have um, integrated that deep into my personal life, but we've also integrated that into our work life. So I couldn't agree more. What I learned during my transplant, especially when I was on medical leave from work and I so desperately wanted to see my friends, my siblings, my husband, and everybody was working all the time. And when I came to build Alula, I have been extremely intent on maximizing the chances that I continue to stay alive. And a lot of that has to do with making room for life. And so I have been slowly chipping away at the work week. We have open and close hours. Um, we close every day at 6 p.m. After 6 p.m., you're required to schedule and send an email for an 8 a.m. arrival the next morning so that people can enjoy dinner, go on a walk, hang out with their children, hang out with their puppies, hang out with their favorite book, and not have inundation of, um, of email. We close every single Friday at 1 p.m. to facilitate a shortened work week. We just launched corporate recess from 12 to 1 every single day to facilitate people eating lunch. Oh, my gosh, what a concept. <laughs> To eat lunch. Oh no, stop it. Stop it. No, you're going too far. Going this too is too far. radical. Um, and what we Oh my gosh. What we've seen is vast productivity. I mean, we've built we have a team of only eight people building everything that I've described. And what we've seen is boost to our mental health, boost to our happiness. And I really feel like this is a huge piece of our mission as well. Our goal with the Lula is to help patients understand and, and, and get the tools as well as their, their support network to, um, to, the, to make the most of the time that we have here. And a lot of that has to do with healing your body and taking out the um, silencing the noise as much as possible, connecting yourself to nature. Um, so yes, all of that's a huge piece of, of my personal life. And it's been a total joy to bring it to my team at Alula. And we're continuing to rub on it. Just this Monday, we had an offsite and we painted our vision boards for the upcoming quarter. We had walking meditation as part of the offsite. We were doing some breath work and our dream is how do we bring that to our, to our community at Alula as well. And that's also on the roadmap. We're exploring how to integrate that into our digital product because again, what I've learned even going and understanding what how does acupuncture help me mitigate my chemo headaches or mitigate my hot flashes? Or how does Reiki help me mitigate the trauma that I experienced from my multiple diagnosis? Or how does breath work help me find clarity, um, especially during chemo fog? I actually accessed a lot of these modalities for the first time during cancer. I became totally obsessed with fusing 
these ancient practices into with, you know, the this frontier medicine that I was receiving. And I found personally that it just gave me such a toolkit and it made me feel so empowered that there was so much out of my control. I couldn't control if the random CD19 cell on my tumor was going to respond to this, you know, fancy rituximab infusion, but I could control how I would manage my stress and fears and anxiety. And I came to know so many different modes of healing and so many different people who um, are implementing that. And um, my hope one day is to figure out a way to share that with our community at Alula at scale. Oh my God, I love it. Can I give you a suggestion? Maybe you could a have a little fun with this. So uh, again, um, I'm a rant and raver about healthy lifestyle. I actually sit on the board of the American College of Sports Medicine. So, you know, name that exercise. Um, and one of the things I have found that is absolute scream is an exercise snack. Just snack throughout the day. Get it? So what you do is you just get up and you could just like, you know, do some uh, push-ups on the ground, like, uh, you know, bent knee push-ups off the wall. Uh, you can grab uh, two um, uh, rubber tubings or one of them and uh, just quickly do something. Uh, you know, it could be a biceps curl. It could be, you know, triceps. It could be some chest work, just something that opens you up. Because guess what? You just turned into a little cashew right in front of your computer because you're all bent over. Um, and so the, this exercise snacking can be a, just a matter of uh, a few minutes. It's a snack here and there. And um, I love that because one of the things we found in science is that if you want to, it's like building a fire, right? So it takes a while to kind of, you know, get the logs happening and all the rest of it. And then finally you get this roaring fire and you're like, yeah, you know, well, let's use that. Um, as an example. So what do you have to do to keep the roaring fire going once you get it going? Well, the roaring fire in our case would be taking that nice long walk, right? Um, doing something more, you know, uh, kind of formal in that regard. But how do you keep that going all day? Research shows if you don't stoke it, you lose the reward you get from it. So it's like stoking the fire. You ever just walk over to the fire and poke it around a little bit and maybe add a little kindling, you know, no big deal. You don't have to build it all over again. That's what exercise snacking does. And, you know, when you speak of the body, it's really the mind body, everything, absolutely everything is interconnected. So if you're doing something great for your muscles, trust me, your brain is thanking you. Um, and that helps um, also encourage what we call neurogenesis, which is building more really healthy cells in the brain, but also throughout the rest of the body. And so it's just all good stuff. And uh, I love your direction. I love the fact that you're developing this fantastic foundation for healthy living and opening the eyes of the people who work with you to its critical importance, um, literally life-saving importance that is no more within the purview of just earthy, crunchy people. Um, this is the real deal. And I'm glad you're honoring that, Leah. Um, congratulations to you for doing that. It's part of my ongoing survivorship. And to the piece about radical honesty, our goal is to sort of change the language around this this side of things as well. So I'm going to borrow some of that naming of exercise snacking and 
I think it's just so powerful to make this all feel approachable and accessible and not not hard to try. You know, this whole time, I've had your beautiful um, website up um, for a reason. Right in front of me is this incredibly calming making of uh, the, the sand garden. There's this lovely hand that's just doing it, and it's really slow and beautiful. Now I know how you make these things. I just thought somebody stood there, and they were just super lucky about how they did this. Um, but there's actually an instrument that does this, and there it is. And the website is my, M-Y-A-L-U-L-A, A-L-U-L-A dot com, myalula. And um, just stare at this uh website homepage for a while it'll kind of do a number on your head because it's so calming and it really is a beautiful welcoming message uh, for you to come on in and explore Alula you know this is just I could talk to you forever and I and, and I might unless my producer just decides to you know send me evil messages like enough already um, and so what I would love to do is, is to cap this off with some words of wisdom as we close this amazing episode with you, Leah. What would you like to tell people out there? You know, uh, words of wisdom, something that, that would just sort of, you know, put a little frosting on, on the top of this, this cupcake. Of course. I have two that immediately come to mind. Um, the first one is telling everybody in your life who you love that you love them all the time, whenever it comes up for you in sort of the bottom of your throat and you swallow it because you're like, oh, this is like too much. I would tell you to let them know. I think what I learned during my cancer experience is how one of my favorite things that fueled my resiliency was learning for the first time at scale how loved I was my coworkers, my neighbors, my family, my friends, my puppy. And it was that love army that got me through. And a lot of what we're building at Alula is software to support activating your love army in a way that helps you heal. But the simple act of, of telling everyone how much you care about them is so gushy. And I would, I would offer that. And the second one relatedly is telling your body how much you love her or him or them. Um, I oftentimes find myself giving myself a hug, kissing my body, kissing my legs, kissing my arms, kissing my hands, just showing gratitude for her ability to get through all of these obstacles and continue to beat the odds. And I, this might be woo-woo of me, but I believe that that kind of mind-body connection of gratitude it's just so grounding for me and it centers me and what's most important. And so I would offer those two um, love notes for everybody. I absolutely love the love notes. And, you know, to, to that last one, you have two choices in life. You could either, you know, feel the joy and just go there. Joy yourself. I love to use the word as a verb. But when you do that, putting on my little science hat, you actually reduce inflammation throughout the entire body and, and cancer is an inflammatory uh, state. And so you have two choices in life. You know, be absorbed by stress, 
and fear or really, really strategically joy the hell out of yourself the way you just said so beautifully. I'm just envisioning your whole honoring your body, kissing your arms, the rest of it. What an amazing vision, Leah. What an amazing vision. All I can say right now is thank you. I know that on behalf of our, our audience who is listening, I, I, I know for a fact you've got some tears out there and those tears are of joy and thankfulness and gratitude for everything that you've done thus far and all that you plan to do. So good luck with all of that, Leah. Thank you. Well, now you're making me cry. Um, I appreciate, appreciate the uh, space to, to <laughs> chat and share my story. And um, I appreciate your, your nuggets of wisdom. I'm going to enjoy myself as well today. And um, thank you. It's nice to meet everybody. And thank you for so much for the space. Oh my goodness. Everyone run out there to my Alula, M Y A L U L A dot com and get ready to have your mind blown by an amazing experience as you explore the website and look at the possibilities. Yeah, you now have a new safe haven. Thank you, Leah. And everyone out there, run on over to iTunes right now. Rate and review the show. I want to hear from you, and there's a reason why, because I'm Dr. Pam Peak, host of the Her Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peak or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peak MD. Remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on iTunes or Radio MD. And thanks for listening today. Please stay safe. And stay well.